yesterday. Dracula was the most fearsome being the screen has ever seen. Today, tonight, you, you, you could be Dracula's next victim. waiting to freak you out right out of this world. Died September the 18th, 1872. A hundred years ago to the day. You who witness it must swear before the name of the devil to keep it secret. Who knows about vampires, for God's sake? My grandfather died fighting. The most terrible, the most dangerous vampire of all time. The year is 1972. A leap year in horror. A vintage year for vampires. The time for the masters of horror to meet again. In the 20th century. Come to me, come Dracula! Welcome back to the grooviest podcast in town in the 1970s. You're listening to DJ Dr. Chris and his co-host, Ro Lauren. And we're here in 1972 in New York, Las Vegas. I didn't actually get the city. London. Uh, London. I think they're just in London this Uh, time. Okay. Uh, And you're listening to Boobs, Blood, and Badasses, the Hammer Horror Podcast, time traveling back to 1972 with the grooviest music you've ever heard. This side of the swinging city of London. I'm again your host, Dr. Chris, and with me is Ro Lauren, but we might also have a third person on with us, but we don't know where he is just yet. So we're going to uh, do our fantastic review of Dracula AD 1972 and pass around some doobies and wear our ridiculous looking bell bottoms and giant <laughs> afro hair and everything else that's happening in this swinging movie. Ro, why don't you give away the plot synopsis for the cats? Yes, I have our sick plot synopsis for Dracula AD 1972. Released on November 17th, 1972. Directed by Alan Gibson. 
The film opens with a flashback to 1872, where we see the final battle between Count Dracula, Christopher Lee, and Dr. Van Helsing returning as Peter Cushing. The two are fighting on a stagecoach, and Dracula throws Van Helsing off. Shortly after, the coach crashes, causing Dracula to get impaled on the wooden wheel. Van Helsing takes this opportunity and impales him with this as a makeshift stake, and Dracula crumbles into ash, and Helsing shortly after succumbs to his injuries and dies. One of Dracula's servants gathers his ashes in a vial and marks them with a stake at a nearby church. The film then transitions to 100 years later in 1972 and focuses on a group of young adults. Jessica Van Helsing, Stephanie Beckham, or Beecham, granddaughter of Lorimer Van Helsing, also played by Peter Cushing, who is the grandson of the original Van Helsing we saw from the beginning, is also an expert on the occult. Bored after a party is busted up by the cops, one of our group, Johnny Alicard, Christopher Neum, suggests that they perform a black mass ritual. The ritual is to bring back Dracula from the dead. The group leaves, but the group leaves before that out of fear, except for Laura, Caroline Monroe, who was used in the ritual and is killed by Dracula. Johnny is revealed to be the descendant of one of Dracula's servants. The next day, Laura's body is discovered by children, and a police investigation begins, headed by Inspector Murray, Michael Coles. Murray, Murray suspects an occult element and interviews Van Helsing about the case. Due to his knowledge of the occult and because his granddaughter, Jessica, is one of the victim's friends, Helsing immediately suspects that there was the work of a vampire. When he finds out the name of Jessica's friend and suspects Johnny Alcard, he realizes that he is a disciple of Dracula, as Alcard is Dracula spelt backwards. <gasps> no way <laughs> Go ahead. for all of you people who might have listened to our other podcast you probably knew that already <laughs> or have ever seen meanwhile, the monster squad which the kid did the same thing in the monster squad oh yeah meanwhile johnny seduces another friend of theirs gaynor keating Marsha johnny's, got Hunt. Ga johnny's got game but go on <laughs> to dracula Dracula is angered that she is not Jessica as he is only returned to destroy the descendants of Van Helsing. He kills Gaynor via insanguination, and Johnny begs Dracula to make him into a vampire. Dracula eventually succumbs, or eventually relents, and makes Johnny into a vampire. Johnny goes out and kills a young woman, and then makes Jessica's boyfriend Bob, Philip Miller, into a vampire as well. Bob and Johnny then lure Jessica to their frequent cafe hangout and knock her out to bring her to Dracula. Van Helsing then discovers Jessica is missing, and with the help of one of their friends, Anna, Janet Key, he tracks down Johnny and they begin to fight. Van Helsing defeats and kills Johnny, but Johnny does not tell him where Jessica is. Van Helsing believes that Dracula will be holding her at the church and heads there. He discovers Bob's dead body and Jessica in the church in an unbreakable trance. Van Helsing places a cross around her neck and waits for Dracula. Sundown, Dracula and Helsing fight, and Dracula chases him to the top of the church, where Helsing is able to stab Dracula in the stomach with a silver blade. Dracula falls wounded, but hypnotizes Jessica to pull it out of him. Dracula then traces Van Helsing out of the church, where, he's where Van Helsing is finally able to defeat him by throwing holy water in his face, 
thus causing him to fall into a pit of stakes he set up earlier. Using a shovel, Helsing pushes Dracula onto one of the stakes, piercing his heart and killing him once again. With Dracula dead, Jessica is freed from her his trance. She hugs her grandfather, and the title, Rest in Final Peace, is shown across the screen. Uh, right, so Lawrence Van Helsing. That's a that's a new one for me. I've heard of yeah. a lot of other Van Helsings. I have never heard of Lawrence Van Helsing before. I thought that was rather unusual. Yeah, it's certainly not his name in Bram Stoker. He's uh, I believe he's like Abram. Abraham, yes. <laughs> and then yeah. in my in my version of Dracula, the uh, Anastasia Van Helsing is the gender swap version that I do. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, they're at Hyde Park back in 1872, and Hyde Park, London is a grade, uh, is a, uh, I don't know anything about Hyde Park, London. It's the southernmost neighborhood of, uh, okay, so there's two Hyde Parks. There's one in Boston, Massachusetts, and one in London, huh. which makes a lot of sense considering, you know, Boston's one of the, Massachusetts is one of the original 13 colonies. Right. To separate from Britain. It goes by Green Park just past the main entrance to Buckingham Palace. Oh, well. <laughs> But you got to know that everyone in the royal family is probably under lock and key to make sure they don't get the virus. Yeah, I'm sure. Van Helsing and Dracula are seen atop of a carriage. But where did we leave Dracula in the last movie? Yeah, uh, pretty sure we weren't in London and that he was um, dead again. <laughs> but how? Was, let's see. The last one we watched was Scars, right? Yep. He, oh, he did he fall off a cliff after getting burst into flames? By lightning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So all they right. feel like there's a movie in the middle of these two that uh has has to be made. Yeah. <laughs> to explain like how Dracula survives being struck by lightning and coming back in this movie because every movie they pick up where the last one left off, well, or at least a few years later in the case of right. The Brides, whereas this is the first one where they just open up right in the action of Van Helsing fighting Dracula like they're age-old enemies, which in, in some ways they are, but yeah, in this yeah. film series, we haven't seen them together since the first movie. Now, Wait. if this was a like direct sequel to the first movie, I would be okay with that, but we've had a lot of movies where Dracula's had, you know, the trilogy of Paul's, and uh, we haven't uh, we haven't had Van Helsing except for except for when he was in Bride. So, right, it, it feels like they're age old enemies, but in some ways it feels very disconnected. Right, and I think the only reason it really feels like they're age old enemies is because of the lore surrounding Dracula, like being familiar with like Bram Stoker or even like the first. Hammer movie, and also the fact that you know Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee in real life were pretty good friends. So it just, it like the movie doesn't necessarily do anything to convey that. <laughs> so Dracula is killed by a wagon wheel impaling, and one of the uh, servants of of uh, Dracula uh, just scoops up his ashes. And I'm like, don't you need a little bit more than what's in that tiny little vial? I know. He also has really cool sideburns. I'll give him that. Mutton chops. That's what I call him. Mutton chops, the servant. <laughs> Lawrence Van yeah. Helsing is buried there. And then we switch over from uh, 1872 to 1972 as a plane is seen flying it's overhead. In the most abrupt but interesting transition I think I have ever seen. Here's my question, though. This movie takes place in 1872. When did the other movies take place? Did we ever actually have a time period? I, I think only one of them, other one of the other ones had a time period. 
and I feel like it was one of the early ones. With the whichever one was that maybe the first one. The first one had a time period. The first yeah, one took place around the time of, of uh, Van Helsing's novel. Yeah. 1896. 1890. There's a uh, name that comes up in the credits immediately. Doreen Dearly, continuity girl. I think she needs to be fired because her continuity yeah. sucks. <laughs> yeah. I would say, actually, speaking of names that popped up almost immediately in the credits, I noticed the director of photography. His name was Dick Bush. Ah! Right, so that was funny. Ah, because uh, you put Dick into Bush. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what was always funny about the uh, the fact that the, uh, the president and the vice president were named... Uh, um, Dick Cheney and George Bush. Oh yeah, <laughs> I just wrote it down. Dick Bush, lol. In my notes, it was great. <laughs> it, my mind immediately goes to you know penis and the vagina. I just can't help oh, it yeah. where it goes. <laughs> yeah, that's it was my immediate thought. Like, dude, did your parents like hate you? It's amazing. <laughs> so we got two songs in the credits: songs uh, "Alligator Man" and. You better come through, and the debut of a band called Soundgarden. No, Stone Garden, not Soundgarden. Yeah. Excuse me, not <laughs> Stone Garden, not Soundgarden. Yeah. Soundgarden wouldn't debut for many years later until the uh, early two thousands with the late great Chris Cornell as their frontman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, they actually I think they debuted in the nineties. So, but uh, that scene goes on for ten fucking minutes are you serious yes i timed it because i was like what the fuck this is still happening oh that's terrible it was hilarious and it was amazing and schlock and 70s as fuck but 10 minutes was a bit much so the band stone garden i do not think this is them there is like one two three four five six seven eight nine looks like nine people in the band I have Stone Ground. Oh, is it Stone Ground? Yeah. Oh, okay, hold on. Then I'll... Still looks like a huge band compared to what we have in the movie, but was a rock band formed in 1970 in Concord, California, originally a trio. Stone Stone Ground uh, expanded to 10 people. Whoa. Which is still huge for a band. Yeah. How many people does Metallica have? Five? How many do the (laughs) Ramones have? Four? How many do the Rolling Stones have? Four? That's like... They're becoming like a K-pop group. That's like that's like ten, that's like two bands in one. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't yeah. know any of their music, so I'm not even gonna bother going into it. But no, no, because I'm not. I'm sorry, but that's not the music I listen to. If I was no, alive in the no. '70s, the music I would have listened to would have been like AC/DC, Kiss, uh, Alice mm. Cooper, Black Sabbath. Aha, Black Sabbath. Um, okay, so we cut around to this giant crowd shot. And in the crowd shot, we have our all of our main characters, with the exception of Van Helsing. And we have a lot of disgruntled old people, too. So we have uh, Jessica Van Helsing, who is the great – I wrote down niece, but she is the granddaughter of Lauren, of the of not Lawrence Van Helsing, but the, the, the current Van Helsing guy, who is uh, Loramir Van Helsing. And uh, she's played by uh, Stephanie Beecham, and she is st- – stunningly gorgeous this entire movie she is i have oh my god she's so pretty except for her hair what the fuck (laughs) i could not tell if her hair was like weird extensions a wig or just like her hair's that fucked up still working today apparently and she used to be on uh, uh dynasty back in the 80s wow yeah, I would say a lot of the actors were also, like the last film, um, from a bunch of James Bond films as well. Yeah, like Christopher Lee. Yeah. 
she she has some beautiful dresses in this movie. She is like mm-hmm. spilling out of them half the time, which is just mm-hmm. like where we will get our uh, our boobs marker in for the movie. Uh, Christopher Neum, who plays Alucard, Johnny Alucard, also again a Bond actor, but he was uh mate he was the uh, Maitre D in Ghostbusters two. He was miscellaneous character in the Mummy Tomb of the Dragon uh, Dragon Emperor. He was on two episodes of Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, I wonder who he was. Uh, General German General. It says. Oh, I think I know. Actually, I think I know exactly what episode that is. It's a really shitty episode, but he was uh. on uh, Doctor Who. He was the voice of Skagra. <laughs> Uh, he was in Star Wars The Old Republic video game. He was the voice of three different characters on that. That was the MMORPG. He was on The Pre- Legend of Prince Valiant. He was in... His IMDB has a... Tri- oh, he was in Species 3. Yeah, I'm sure that he really loved being in that movie. Oh, he was in Beauty and the Beast, the TV series, which starred uh, Ron Perlman and uh, Linda Hamilton. Wow. Yeah. But uh, again, Star Trek connection. Yeah. Make everything start to try. Finally had a chance to watch uh, Picard. I watched the first episode today. I absolutely loved it. I can't wait to binge the rest of it while we're in quarantine. That is a show I recommend. Oh my god, the final shot of what 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 the uh so there's like this scientist character, and I believe like her clone went go- went looking for Picard and like she's like working with some like Romulans and it's like the new Romulan order because Romulus got destroyed back in this 2009 Star Trek movie, if you remember. And then when they pull back and you see what they're working inside, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> I have a lot to say about Picard. Oh, you I have seen, seen it. All of them, so I could, I could go on. Forever, oh, OK, so you know that they're in the, another thing. You're, you know that they're in a cube, right? Oh, yeah. That was I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> OK, moving on. <laughs> so we got Michael oh, yeah. Cole. Hold on. We got to get through some of these. Uh, yeah. A lot. Of, there's a lot of people in the crowd shot. I'm not, OK, that's the inspector. Oh, yeah. Hold on a second. I got to go back. Um, so Anna, that's one of the other friends. She's played by Janet Key. Janet Key, I believe, uh, uh, was in The Vampire Lovers. So we will see her again soon. Um, she was in, that's the only thing I recognize her in. We also have Bob, what, by, played by Philip Miller. He was in nothing other than this movie. Oh, nothing. I mean, wow. he's like in two other productions and, but I, nothing I really give a crap about. And we also have Michael Kitchen. He is one of the other friends in the scene. Uh, he was in two Bond movies. He was in Goldeneye and the world is not enough. Wow. The, the Pierce Brosnan films. And then, last but not least, because we will get back to her in a couple other films that she's in, Carolyn Monroe yeah. plays Laura, the beautiful. This is, like, probably the most reposted Hammer Horror Girl out of all the Hammer Horror Girls. I have to think that Carolyn Monroe is the number one most reposted in terms of photos for any of the groups that I'm, that I'm in. That's uh, awesome. It's a, because her scene is amazing. But not just her scene. The she the fact that she's in so many Hammer movies too. She's in the Golden oh, Voyage yeah. of Sinbad. She's also in um, uh, Captain Chrono's Vampire Hunters, and she's always in these low cut, heavily revealing uh, costume pieces that are just like she is spilling out of. I don't know if she's oh, ever yeah. done any nude scenes. Uh, but she was also in the original 1980s Maniac. She's a mm-hmm. Bond girl too. She was in The Spy Who Loved Me. So oh and gosh, she's still she working today. 
She's slot. Oh, she's the girl from Slaughter High. Holy shit! I love that fucking garbage movie. She's in Doctor Phoebe's Rives Again. She's the abominable Doctor Phoebe's, which are the Vincent Price movies. Yeah, she is a Bond girl. She is a sexy as hell fucking Bond girl. Oh and man, like, her eyes are amazing, and obviously her tits. That goes without saying. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean God, in in just the outfits that she's in. When uh, Captain Chronos Vampire Hunter the comic book came out, the miniseries. Oh, Ted's <laughs> trying to message me. Um, I bought all the issues with her on the cover. <gasps> That's awesome. You're familiar with Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Justice League, Batman Beyond? Of course. Okay. There is a picture up on the Radio Horror pa- Facebook page and on my personal page, you can click and see, of uh, the artist, Bruce Tim doing a poster for uh, Dracula 1972. And right okay. in the front of the poster is Carolyn in the black and bra panty uh, uh, booty shorts. Okay, I saw you post that, and I was like, what? what? It's amazing. Yeah, that's Bruce Tim's artwork. Um, oh, if you look awesome. up Bruce Tim uh, in terms of, like, a ro- he has an entire book of scantily clad um, uh, por- or, or borderline pornographic images of uh, naked women that he's drawn in the Batman the Animated Series style. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> It's absolutely fantastic to see. Uh, they, he's done like all of like the you know typical women that you're familiar with, like Vampirella and Witchblade, and then he's done ones of like women in bed with their hands between their legs, two women like kissing each other or sucking on each other's breasts, or you know they're they're straight. It's straight up like erotic you know artwork by Bruce Tim, the creator of Batman, which isn't uh, so different from like uh, if you ever if you can find it. I remember it was published back in 2008, but either Jerry Seigel or Joe Schuster, the creators of Superman, one of the two had a huge, huge interest in bondage and drew a ton of pictures of a man and a woman who looked very similar to Lois Lane in Superman in various <laughs> stages of bondage. Whoa, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it is. I was kind of shocked to, to find out about it. It was like this unknown art book that the family decided to publish. Um, wow. And I, I have never, I've never had a copy of it, so i, I got to find it. Either. Okay, so they're at this giant party scene, and we're going to move through the party scene. We're not going to describe everything. But however, the girl dancing <laughs> on top of the piano in the blue halter top and, yes. and, and uh, booty shorts. Are those booty shorts? Hot pants? What are they? Yeah, I would say hot pants, probably. Okay, she is smoking hot, too. Yeah. And of course, the couple underneath the big dining room table who are like having like a makeout session the entire time. Yeah, they remind me of the couple making out in the booth the entire time in the movie um, Once Bitten. Oh yes. Remember yes. the entire time during the club scene when they're at the that the uh, phone a date. There's a couple in the phone booth constantly making out. They yes. definitely hooked up at that club. <laughs> oh yeah. It fucking Johnny is such a little edge lord like he just stands out in the crowd you're just like oh man this fucking guy everyone else is like you know having a great time and all their bright colors and their skimpy outfits and he's just sitting there in his his black his all black and red outfit looking angry but also mischievous <laughs> oh geez that that 10 minutes is something else what, I'm trying to look up the bar they go to. It's called Coven Bar. Ca- cavern. Cavern Bar. Cavern. God damn it. That can't bar remember. is so cool. Cavern Bar. Okay, let's see if it exists still. Cavern I mean, like, Cafe, the Cavern there. Bar, Celtic. No, I got nothing. I got damn. I got a location here in Massachusetts. I got one location in Connecticut, but I got Cavern Cafe. I have the Cavern Bar in Ontario. But I don't have the Cavern Bar in London. 
They may not exist anymore. Yeah. Because if they don't exist before so Google, cool. then they're not gonna exist. They're not gonna be on Google. They're gonna be like a factoid in a movie thing. Anyway, so let's yeah. move on. Um, so Johnny wants to know if his friends want to, you know, want want to go out for a good time, a way way out experience, like worshiping Satan, man, at Black Mass. Gee, where have we heard this before? Yeah, I was like, oh, are we going back to? Uh... Actually, I actually have in my notes like, oh, just like Taste of Blood. I'm ready for round two. <laughs> So uh, Johnny, uh, Van Helsing's niece, and everyone goes to meet up at the cat at the uh, the burnt the burnt up desecrated church after Jessica decides to look up information about uh, Black Mass because her grandfather is an expert in the occult. He's not a vampire yeah. hunter, but he's an expert in the occult. Yeah, after claiming that he was only an anthropologist to Bob. And then he has this awesome library of all these occult books. And she just pops one open about black mass rituals. <laughs> what, uh, who, who, what, what information do we have on the two paintings, by the way? Because the painting of Dracula, if you, you have the Scream Factory release for Scars of Dracula, right? Yes. Doesn't that look just like the cover? Yes. I was like, oh, uh, also both paintings, the one of Van Helsing, the original, <laughs> and that painting of Dracula are awesome. I had that same thought. But do we know who did both paintings of uh, his grandfather, his great grandfather, and sorry, not his great grandfather. That would be his grandfather because it's his neat. Yeah. It's his granddaughter's great grandfather. So do we know who did the picture of the great grandpa, Lawrence Van Helsing, and who did the picture of Dracula? Actually, let's see if it's in my little hammer book. The one I gave you. Yeah. While you look that up, I'm gonna grab my copy of the vampire book to see if this movie is in there. Hold on a second. So if you listen to any of my other podcasts, you might have heard me talking about this book called The Vampire Book, The Encyclopedia of the Undead, third edition. Oh, I have that. You, you have the third edition? I don't know what edition I have. It's somewhere in my house, but okay. I have that. Okay, it's by, it's, so this is the third edition. This came out in 2009. I picked up it in 2011, so it's definitely due for an update. It's by J. Jordan Melton, a PhD, who's been on the show. The front cover has a pair of generic vampire eyes, but on the back it has Bella and Edward. I think, I think the, mine's just, like, purple. You might have the first edition, but I know the second edition had Kiefer Sutherland's David on the cover. Oh, that's awesome. I would love it if they did a th fourth edition, which I totally would buy. I, w I If they do a fourth edition, I want them to put um, the cast of What We Do in the Shadows on the cover. Hammer. Oh, here we go. Oh, perfect. So if you pay turn to page 326 in the third edition, I don't know about any of the subsequent editions, but uh, in page 326, there is a picture of Christopher Lee and and Stephanie Beacom Beecham from this movie. That's awesome. Yeah, they talk about how um, there, there's a huge article in here about the Hammer horror movie. Oh, the Hammer films. It's an entire, entire section on the Hammer films in this book as well. Hammer films try to bring Dracula's myth into the modern age with Dracula AD 1972, which starred Christopher Lee as Dracula and Ste Stephanie Beecham in the background of this photo. And uh, that's pretty much it. There's a There's just various information about the films that we probably have already covered. <clears throat> Excuse me. I probably already covered. It does talk about that in 2007, Dutch producer John De Mole purchased the Hammer film rights, which brought him ownership of the 300 Heart Hammer films, and then also uh, the new Hammer banner came out in 2008, with the first movie being the vampire movie Beyond the Rave, followed up by this, the, uh, the American remake to Let the Right One In, which starred um, the uh, young Glos Chloe Grace Mortez. Oh, wow. 
So they're at the uh, the desecrated church with their upside down crosses, spouting out some mumbo jumbo. Uh, this scene goes on and on and <laughs> on, and then Carolyn uh, is brought up to the altar and she's a- she acts like she's having an orgasm while this is happening. And then uh, as he slits his hand open and pours an godly amount of blood in there and still survive somehow yeah i was like dude did you cut your artery are you dying like, <laughs> you filled up a whole cup seriously <laughs> and then it spills all over her gorgeous double d breasts yeah i was like yeah i the whole time i was like yes girl yes girl me too i would be so into this shit except i kind of think johnny's a loser but i'd be so into this shit and then she like coughs out the best part like getting covered in blood is fucking awesome. She looks great, and she just gets she pusses out. <laughs> so she gets completely covered, and they all go run out screaming. Um, Carolyn's calling after her friends, and they just kind of leave her there at, at to Alucard's uh <laughs> to basically hand her over to Dracula because he gets resurrected and kills her. Uh, which is the end of Carolyn Monroe for the movie. But the scene with the blood is just pouring all over her into her cleavage. That must have been incredibly uncomfortable, or she was all for it, but otherwise, it looks damn sexy to me. I can't help it. Oh, yeah, I love it. It kind (laughs) of reminds me of, in a way, in a really sick, twisted, fucked up way, the scene from Hostel Part 2 where the the woman is, like, in the bathtub, and she's cutting open the woman above her and just spilling the blood all over her. Ah, I love that scene! (laughs) (laughs) I just, uh... Hold on, hold on. Okay, what? Okay, I was, I don't know, I was just way into that whole, that whole bit. But yeah, they totally just abandon her. She's like screaming for them to help her, and they're like, nah, fuck it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but then the next day, some kids, oh, by the way, I want to point out the absolute amazing looking cinematography in the scene with the misty, uh, like, dry ice coming up from the ground as Dracula's being resurrected. I actually thought so far, this one has like the best art direction and the best filmography like uh, cinematography of all of them so far it actually tries to have some interesting shots <laughs> there is just a incredible amount of ridiculousness in both of the, in both of this one and its direct sequel which is satanic rites of dracula the the uh director for this movie who has to be commended is alan gibson and i believe we might have talked about him before i'm not 100 percent certain wow he worked on a tv series called boy meets girl which I thought had something to do with Boy Meets World, but it doesn't. Huh. So don't pay attention to me. Uh, but no, we haven't talked about him before. But yeah, he was... Uh, and looking at his credits, he directs this one and he directs Satanic Rites of Dracula. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And he continued directing up until 1987 when when he died, uh, the same year as he was directing six episodes of a TV series called The Charmer. Uh, his career goes all the way back to 1964 in theater and he only wrote uh, one thing with some play for TV thing. I don't know anything about it. But uh, The Adventures of Black Beauty, he also directed episodes of that. Uh, black Beauty, for anyone not familiar, is a giant black horse. Uh, had a string of movies back in the 60s and 70s. Hmm. And also worked on the Orson Welles Great Mysteries television show, which I remember watching as a child. Wow. Yeah. So uh, there's some kids who act like the Sandlot as they're like, you know, going between the boards and they come across the buried body of the uh, 
the beautiful Carolyn Monroe. We don't see her again, unfortunately, until we get to Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter, which I've decided we are going to do after Satanic Rites of Dracula. Woo-hoo. We're not going to do the seven <laughs> golden vampires because it, it, it does... It's not connected to this in... Okay, so it is connected to it, and it isn't. Dracula and Van Helsing are in it, and that's why they say it's a sequel, but it's not Peter... It's not Christopher Lee. Oh, weird. <laughs> but Peter Lee, Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee would come back to play Dracula and Van Helsing in another movie that's not a Hammer movie. Isn't that funny? That is. They're good friends. I, I enjoy their chemistry a lot. Yes, they definitely have... Uh, some great chemistry together. There are four scenes in this movie of people just talking because the friends then meet up again afterwards with Alucard being all like, hey, and he kind of reminds me, the way he's dressed, the way he's snapping his fingers. Do you remember that really shitty scene in Spider-Man 3 when Peter's all like dancing in the streets? (laughs) Of course I remember. (laughs) Jesus Christ. That is the worst. Uh, He actually kind of reminded me, I have in my notes, he kept reminded me of Malcolm McDowell, McDowell, a la Clockwork Orange this whole film. Right. By the way, the way the kids find the body kind of reminds me of the way the kids find the body in Stand By Me, which is based on Stephen King's short story, The Body. <laughs> I was like, hey, you kids want to see a dead body? Yeah. I have that in my too. I had the same thought. <laughs> uh, poke it with a stick. Wow, she's got yeah. some big boobs. Poke them with a stick. So the police uh, are investigating the ruins, and they find Carolyn's body, and they decide that they want uh, some help in the investigation, and they decide to go to Van Helsing for help. Why would they go to Van Helsing for help? I might have missed that part. I guess they were stumped about this one. So they had two reasons. They were stumped on this, uh, like, because it was so mutilated and so weird. And the police guy was like, well, it was a weird, mutilated killing in a church that screams um, cult. And they're like, well, you know who helped us last time we had a weird cult uh, killing? was Van Helsing, because he kind of does that stuff. So, and he's like, and actually, coincidentally, his granddaughter is friends with the with the girl. So they're like, okay, two reasons. So that's why. Just because he had helped them on a past case, and they suspected for reasons, because it was the 70s, that a murder in a church was immediately satanic. Right, <laughs> and this was the 70s, and Satan, uh, Satan worshipping panic was in its hot, uh, hysteria at the time. Oh, yeah. Satanic panic. <laughs> exactly. Nowadays, Satanism seems to be revered because Sabrina and stuff. Um, also, here in Massachusetts, we have the uh, the Satan we have the Satanic Temple. Oh wow, that's awesome. Things are and quite we'll- different in my town with that sort of stuff. And we'll be getting to uh, more about Satanism in the next movie, The Satanic Rites of Dracula. So there's uh, a lot about Satanism. Uh, Don't forget also in the Castlevania video games, uh, Satan plays a big part as well. Yeah. Jess learns uh, that her friend is dead and uh, Van Helsing does the whole Alucard spelled backwards is Dracula. Doing the the lines between the letters and kind of reminds me of the way the um, main character in the Monster Squad would do that. Yeah, I actually feel like I have seen that scene as like maybe a gif or just reference so many times because my mind was fucking blown when that happened. And I was like, oh my god, that's what this is from? The the connecting the letters from Dracula to Alucard is from this? <laughs> Alucard, was- Alucard also decides to get into the next women, uh, the next victim's pants, the uh, our uh, African-American character, which as far as I'm aware, this is the first African-American character or British-African, uh, British uh, our first black, let's 
our first black female that we've had in any of these movies um, that didn't play a prostitute, I believe, in the one of the films that there was the brothel. Yeah, but, yeah, the other one, Taste. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually was pleasantly surprised that she wasn't the first one to die. No, um, but Dracula yeah. says that she is not the woman, but he'll still kill her anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll still completely suck all of her blood out, but, you know, not the one I want. <laughs> then Dracula Vulcan grips Alucard and turns him into a vampire. Yeah, I love how he only turns Alucard into a vampire because Alucard annoyed him until he did it. The uh, the the question I have is on Van Helsing's desk is a picture of a woman, and around this time, Peter Cushing's wife passed away, and I'm curious if that is actually Peter Cushing's wife. It is. It is. I, I actually looked that up. Yeah, because I had the same thought. It is his wife, and apparently, in the original script, I think it was just supposed to be. Uh, like, Jess was just supposed to be his daughter, but because the passing of his wife uh, aged him so dramatically, they rewrote it to be his granddaughter. The uh, And then, of course, uh, five years after he would film this, he would uh, star in Star Wars. Yeah. Where are oh. we? Did uh, well, Dracula, oh. Van Helsing, Peter's wife, some more dead? Yes. Then, because then after, shortly after this, that's when she start. that's when Jess starts dreaming about Dracula um, like killing uh, their other friend Gaynor, Gainer, and then like coming back for her. And that scene is really weird when she wakes up screaming in the middle of the night in her completely see-through top. Oh yeah, that was see-through. Okay, I wasn't I wasn't hundred percent sure, but I oh, was gonna yeah. defer to you. And to... she just her, you know, a totally normal situation where you're you are getting comforted by your grandfather in your see-through top. It's fine. A little Normal. weird, but that's, yeah, that, that, that's fine. <laughs> Once upon a time when I was watching a movie and, like, a woman was lying in bed, like, very sexily or whatever. Not, like, she wasn't in the nude, but she was in something very, very, like, scandalously sexy. And I asked my date at the time, do women dress like that when they're not sleeping with somebody? And she's like, I don't. And uh, my girlfriends don't. We wear pajamas. I'm like, I, I'm like, do you dress like that when you're sleeping with someone? I'm like, no, I have you noticed I've, I, I'm... I you usually ask me to sleep in the nude. I was just like, yeah, I do. But I, she's like, I I have, but but yeah, when I when I'm sleeping alone, no, I sleep in pajamas. I don't dress sexy for sleeping time. It, it's not empowering to my sexuality and my feminism. If that's what you're asking me, Chris, I was like, no. I mean, yeah, I guess that's what I was asking. <laughs> it right around there with the question of like, okay, on television shows. All the time, because it's network television, women wear their fucking bras to bed because they have to. But in real life, I know most women, especially women with well-endowed chests, do not wear their bras to bed. No, I don't think there was any point ever in my life where I wore a bra to bed. I, but, you know, that's like Florida, too. Like, I haven't had PJs since, I don't know, probably it was socially acceptable to stop wearing clothes to bed. Oh, do you sleep in the it, nude? Yeah, I always have. Oh. Even by myself. Oh. Yeah, I I never wear pajamas. I barely oh. wear clothes. Oh. If I didn't have a roommate, I probably wouldn't wear clothes. <laughs> wait a minute, a roommate? I thought you wait, you you live with your husband. Yeah, and then we have a roommate too. Oh, okay. I was like, wait a minute, do you and your husband live separately? <laughs> no, no, no. Are you guys are you, so the three of you hunkered down with the virus? 
Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. So you definitely can't be nude then. No. <laughs> You're like, damn it! No, no, you stupid I, virus, I want to walk around naked! I actually just, like, despise wearing clothing. My guest coming on tomorrow night uh, to do the Vampirella commentary. Yes, there was a Vampirella live-action piece-of-shit movie um, starring Talia Soto as the Hammer Horror... Sorry, the Hammer... I'm sorry, not Hammer, goddammit. The uh, Warren Comics character... Um, now a Dynamite character from Dynamite Comics, was played by Talia Soto, best known for playing uh, Princess Katana in the Mortal Kombat movie. And she also um, was... uh, uh, What was she else? Oh, she was Typhoid Mary in the the Elektra movie. Uh, A guest I had on a few weeks ago called Amanda McKnight, who does a lot of modeling and cosplay, and she's a spokes... Uh, person for uh, a board game company and she's a youtube channel journalist is going to come on with me for film dungeon commentary and we're going to do vampirella we're going to suffer through it starring robert daltrey of the who as dracula <laughs> not even joking robert roger daltrey of the who does play count dracula in this movie that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I want to go that far. This is a this is this is this is pure trash. She had just posted a photo of herself online saying, "I'm quarantined for the virus, but thank God, um, I'm uh, it, it's it's the best time for me not have to worry about clothes too much or whatever." And there's a picture of her in just like a shirt and panties, like on her couch, and she's like, "I can live like this every day if I have to. In fact, I normally do, but I have to yeah. go to the office sometimes, so I do have to put pants on." <laughs> and she's got like long fucking like I mean she just got this photo of her with just long long legs. Oh, that's awesome. She's go- fucking gorgeous. Most recent picture of her was posted of her in a chainmail bikini dressed as Red Sonia. Oh, great. Which that's takes great. a lot of confidence in your body to wear that. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um uh, okay. So, uh back to this movie. The inspector suggests silver bullets to kill a vampire. But that would kill a werewolf, not a vampire. Van Helsing is just like, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> I, I love how he's like, what, you want me to use silver bullets and garlic? And Van Helsing's like, are, are you fucking stupid? That's you idiot! <laughs> he's like, look, here's the real way to do it, okay? Let me let me teach you. <laughs> Van Helsing gives him the lowdown on the vampire lore, and uh, Bob and Alucard attack our busty beauty, and she is just spilling out of that shirt. Just oh yeah, uh, there is a fantastic book I highly recommend called Hammer Glamour, which is just photos upon photos of all of the beautiful busty women in the Hammer horror uh, pantheon of films. Not just Hammer, but also sorry, not just horror, but also sci-fi and their other films as well. Because um, this was this this movie right here is exactly what Hammer was best known for. 70s style music plays in the worst possible way. Oh God, oh, as Alucard. God attacks Van Helsing, um, and Van Helsing is just running around London trying to find his niece, and he takes a Bible wrapped in a crucifix and throws it in the coffin. And I'm like, hey, that's interesting. I don't think I've seen anyone do that before. They usually do something with the crucifix, but the fact that he throws it in the coffin, he's like, ah, get that out of there. Yeah, yeah I thought that, was, that, that whole fight scene was pretty interesting, actually. Um, but, I mean, it makes sense that they would be adverse to not just i guess not just the cross and the crucifix but the entire bible because i mean um in bram stoker's dracula he denounces god completely it's not like he's just like nah i'm on hold i'm like undead so fuck crucifixes he it's just he is that way because he denounced god right so 
it makes sense. I, I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's a pretty good idea. <laughs> and she's like laid out on this altar in that white virgin dress because I'm assuming she's yes. a virgin because, you know, you yeah, have to be. She, well, she said earlier to Van Helsing in that one conversation, she's like, are you going out again, young lady? And, he's, and she was like, well, yeah, look, I'm not doing heroin. I'm not dropping acid. I'm not having sex. Okay, I'm just having fun with my friends. God. So I guess her and Bob just like to make out a lot. I'm trying to figure out what movie it is, but she does appear nude in the movie called The Nightcomer's Marriage. I think that's what it's called. But she's like completely list like 100% nude in this movie with some wow. very unattractive man. But there's a <laughs> there is a ton of still photos in this movie of her with uh Peter and her with Van Hels uh, her with uh with Christopher and it's mostly of her in that white dress. And there's like a scene where um, oh, there is a, a scene. There is a funny still of uh, of Christopher goosing her. Oh, really? Like they both have shock looks on their face. Oh, like they're both awesome. like they both did it on purpose. Like they're like, <gasps> like their mouths are a gap, and it's absolutely hilarious. Oh, that's great. Yeah, there's a, there's several scenes of her him sitting next to her, uh, her smiling at him, her him. They're holding hands. Um, uh-huh. I mean, she is just in this dress. It's just so goddamn gorgeous, and uh, it, he he's got this weird, creepy way. His hand is like curved and tilted towards her. Yeah, just amazing, beautiful photos of Stephanie Beecham, just like all over the internet, including like from Dynasty and stuff. So. That's awesome. The Hammer Glamour uh, book also has a painted photo of her uh, standing in front of like a giant imposed head of Dracula, which absolutely looks amazing. Um, they uh, draw her breast a little bit ridiculous. Uh, her breast in this look a little bit more realistic, like they're not implants, but in the painted photo, they're like in- incredibly round, if Jesus. you could say. The other thing I want to point out is that on the Bruce Tim painted. Uh, picture that he did at what point does somebody ride a motorcycle i don't think ever because they all have those ridiculous ass 70s cars okay nobody rides a motorcycle but there's a guy with a with a mullet on a motorcycle in a yellow vest in the picture and there's also a naked woman on the altar with johnny alucard's knife above her which i'm like was carolyn supposed to be naked in this scene (laughs) i mean it would be awesome also, Dracula looks incredibly old. Now, I understand that Christopher Lee was probably, um, let's do the math. So this is 1972. He died in 2016 at the age of 92. So he would have been in his 40s in this movie. Oh, wow. I'm sorry, but Dracula is a vampire. Vampires are not supposed to age. There's plenty of makeup, even in 1970s standards, that you could have done to make Chris look a lot younger. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I just think he looks older than he actually is supposed to be at this point. I mean, yeah, God, he, he looks, looks as old as Peter Cushing. He's real age. Right. I mean, I think he was younger than Peter Cushing. Yeah. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. Just really not great makeup for this scene with Dracula and most of the scenes that he's in in this movie. It, I do love the trailer, which we copy parts of the trailer for my upcoming short film that I'm making with Michael Neal once the uh, virus has subsided. Uh, the slap of Dracula. And we do the whole you... You, you, you could be the next victim of the slap of Dracula. And in fact, because uh, she can't come all the way out here, Ro is going to film something for the slap of Dracula. Uh, She's going to run. She's going to bounce. She's going to hide behind a tree. And then that's pretty much going to be it. But it's a trailer. It's not a real film. We're kind of slapping together with different shots that we do. So 
Uh, once Roe has that over to us, she might actually be the first scene in the film actually made because we're in lockdown right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and that dress that you pointed out to me that you're going to wear is perfect. So as soon as you can get awesome. that film, send it to me ASAP. I don't care how okay. it looks. You don't have to worry about sound. You don't have to worry about a plane flying overhead. Of course, no. I don't think okay. there are any planes flying overhead right now. Dracula slaps away Van Helsing in the dagger, and that reminds me of my short film. Dracula's control over jessica is broken and she starts screaming god she screams a lot in this movie she does and then uh dracula gets uh, stabbed he falls down onto a stake and then cushing uses the shovel to stab him further in and jessica falls over nearly spills out of the top of her dress (laughs) and that's how it ends i mean literally she she looks like she's about to pop out of that dress yeah there's especially when he actually goes to grab her like her the frame is pretty much just her tit <laughs> in that dress. Right. Like a hundred percent. It's yeah. It's a little silly, but it's the whole reason why we're doing this podcast. So <laughs> Oh yeah. But also that um that scene with the shuffle is brutal. He bleeds so much and so beautiful. The the hammer you got that awesome red hammer blood. Oh, it looks great. The DVD for this movie has no bonus material other than the trailer. This is bare bones. The same thing with the next one. They're both, they both, however, can be ordered from the Water Archives uh, print-on-demand website, which uh, has a bevy of films and cartoons and television series on there that you're not going to find in stores. Oh, whoa. Yeah. They're not the best quality DVDs or Blu-rays, uh, but they do remaster the... Uh, they do remaster them uh, in HD, so they do clean up the footage, but the uh, the DVDs themselves, the, the, the disc itself or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. there's been several complaints about them. Sometimes they come in uh, scratched up and stuff, so just be warned to uh, you know return it immediately if you get it in and it doesn't play very well. That's good to know. I got mine on eBay, secondhand, two ninety nine. I found out that it was the uh, the Blu-ray was like twenty bucks. I was like, no, the, the Blu-ray doesn't have any bonus material. I'm not gonna do that. Uh, yeah, Satanic Rites of Dracula, I did, but I got it for like twelve ninety nine, so that's fine. I got the Satanic Rites of Dracula print on demand because they were having a sale. So oh, yeah. Uh, but you could find Satanic Rites of Dracula, Dracula nineteen seventy two A D, uh, Horror of Dracula, uh, print on demand on the Warner Archive website. That is awesome. Right. So the blood in this episode uh, was all over Carolyn Monroe. The breast of this episode, uh, we're going to give to the boobs of this episode. We're going to give to Carolyn Monroe and um, Stephanie Beecham. Definitely. And I want to say the badass of the episode, I want to give to uh, Peter Cushing for his return to the role. I agree completely. <laughs> I don't think Alucard was that great of a character. Honestly, I thought he was like a, but master, I did so much good for you. Pay attention to me. And then he yeah. just kind of, he, he just, uh, I don't know. He just doesn't, uh, he doesn't do it for me for the rest of the movie. You know, he reminds me of like annoying edgelords I knew in high school who like try to be cool and edgy and they just look like jackasses. Right. Like just yeah. Yeah, he he definitely you're you're hundred percent right. He's like every jackass I went to high school with that was trying to be yeah. cool but wasn't. And there's nobody named Paul in this movie, by the way. I know. Yeah, I was kinda of hoping maybe it was gonna be a side character and then we could say no, but that was the Paul trilogy. Uh we don't have any more Pauls, unfortunately. Other characters in the movie are like Hippie Girl, uh who does have a photo on IMDB, which is funny. I wanna look up uh who she is. She's wearing I want to say she looks like she's about to be in uh, Herbie the Love Bug. Uh, oh. <laughs> no, but she's in. Oh, she's a steward. Oh, she's a stewardess in uh, 2001: Space Odyssey. Oh. 
Oh, cool. Yeah, I remember the stewardess character, and this was her final movie. Doesn't say she's dead, just, just says it's her final movie. Didn't have Weird. much of an acting career anyway, so... So we have rock group member, party guest, Go-Go Girl. Let's see who Go-Go Girl was. Maybe that's the girl in the blue. Yeah, I'm guessing the girl in that blue outfit. Uh, Was in Monty Python. That's the only thing. Oh, the Benny Hill Show. Oh, of course. Oh. Of course. On the Benny Hill Show in Monty Python, she's Bikini Girl. And on the Benny Hill Show, show <laughs> she is girl who gets chased with net girl whose dress flies up. <laughs> Awesome so I mean, I guess if you got it, you if you got it, you know, work it for Hollywood for that for those roles, you know, embrace your own uh, empowerment of of uh, the, what what's the phrase I'm looking for? Uh, if you got it, flaunt it. No, it's the other phrase I'm looking for. Women got it, and it's their own sexuality thing. I don't know. Sexual <laughs> empowerment that that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I can't the phrase that you've got off the top of my head. <laughs> right. Again, I want to damn Doreen dear nearly for uh, for her crappy continuity. Sorry, just <laughs> she's worked on Horror of Dracula, so she should have known better. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, I'm sorry, but you're the continuity person. You need to be like on top of the director to be like, excuse me, this isn't right. She's yeah, the continuity that's like director. Job. She's the continuity director in like a dozen films, including Revenge of Frankenstein, which we'll be getting to. Well, maybe she'll do a better job on that one. <laughs> better be. Jesus Christ. We're just going to rip railroad all over her. Um, and then, uh, so that's it. That's all the notes I have. It's too bad our guest wasn't able to join us. We had some technical issues, so maybe he'll be joining us for another movie. Coming up after we do Satanic Rites, uh, we're going to do Captain Kronos before we do the, uh, the the Frankenstein movies. And there's a Captain Kronos Blu-ray coming out from Scream Factory. So by the time this episode comes out, hopefully the virus has subsided. But joining us for that episode will be Skip Shea, the filmmaker. So uh, oh, he's a local awesome. filmmaker from Massachusetts who's did uh, a few films like Seeds and Trinity. And he'll be on the show to talk to us a little bit about Seeds and to go over the movie uh, Captain Chrono's Vampire Hunter with us, which is my favorite va uh, Hammer horror movie and where we see the return of Carolyn Monroe. Yay! I'm excited. Yeah, she has a much bigger part in that movie, and she's in the the sequel comic book as well. In That's fact, awesome. she's on the cover of all four issues of the comic book, too. So. Oh, man, that is awesome. If you'd like to find other great podcasts here on the Dorkening Network, go to thedorkeningnetwork.com or the Dorkening Network on Facebook or Dorkening Network, Dorkening Network on Twitter. I want to say congratulations to the winner of the Castlevania contest. I don't know who you are right now because we haven't pulled that name yet. Uh, by the way, this, I'm going to edit this part out. Nobody has submitted to the contest. Oh, seriously? I'm. Leo thinks that set eight parts for that fucking contest might have been too much. And he wasn't yeah. planning on an entire quarantine epidemic to take precedent over wanting to listen to a podcast and get free prizes. You know this is going to go down in history, right? Like, you're 22, 23, right? No, I'm 27. 27, okay, whatever. Yeah. But in 20 <laughs> years, let's say you have kids. In 20 years, you're going to be able to tell them about the plague of 2020. Right? <laughs> I mean, seriously, have you ever, I mean, I haven't lived through a plague. You haven't lived through a plague. Nope. Nope. Mm -hmm. Last plague was 1918. Yeah. There's a guy who's 103 years old. He's, uh, he got interviewed about the plague. And I'm like, he's 103, 1918. <laughs> what does he remember? Seriously. Second of all, even if his memory is sharp as a tack, he was like, what, four years old? Right, exactly. I can I barely said, I, remember four years old. I can barely remember this morning. <laughs> anyway. I saw that headline, but yeah, I didn't read any of it.
And if you want to find me, you can go to Radio Horror on Facebook. Send an email to the show, thatradiohorror at gmail.com. Again, thatradiohorror at gmail.com. We will read your letter on the air. We had a letter sent to us. i got to find it. Maybe we'll read it for the next episode. And there was a couple comments left on the uh, podcast website for oh. Hammer Horror, which is very nice. You can also find us on Twitter at ChrisDSAV. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Lauren, and it's R-O-L-0-R-E-N. And we'll be back in a couple weeks for the Satanic Rites of Dracula. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> Stay safe, everybody. If you're still in quarantine, if we're still in quarantine at the time of this airing, hopefully you're safe. If we're not still in quarantine, please help out local small businesses like local comic book shops and other independent people as well. Big corporations seem to be taking care of themselves pretty well. Small yeah. stuff, not so much. Yeah, absolutely. Hello, and welcome to the Dorkening Podcast Network. Press pound to hear the available shows. That Strange Show, Throwdown Thursday, Loose Cannon with Jar Jar Jeremy, Three Guys That Horror, the new and improved Super Retro Throwback Reviews The Audio Files 2.0, Secret Underground Hideout, Cinema with Harrison Smith, Dorks the Podcast, The Dorkening, Black and White Fright, The Wicked Horror Show. Subscribe to all these awesome shows anywhere podcasts can be found. For more information, check out thedorkening.com.